the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseya Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of the Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to preach and teach the word of faith for people to know God better, live life better, and impact their world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Praise the Lord. A very pleasant evening to you, wherever you may be at this time. It's always a joy and a privilege to come your way and share fellowship with you in the Word of God. I trust that your day and your week has been good. Right. Shall we bow our heads as we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We give you praise for the privilege we have to hear from you. Tonight, Spirit of God, our hearts are ready, our minds are open. We ask the Lord you speak to our hearts. Let your word come like rain. Let it cleanse us. Let it purge us. But by all means, let it transform and make us better. We give you praise. We give you glory that no one tuned to this broadcast now or watch it thereafter will return the same. We honor you and we bless you for it. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Okay, so our study has been followers of God. I've been teaching on followers of God for the past one month now. And we've been looking at followers of God. In the book of Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1, the Bible said, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. Once you are born again, you are expected to follow God. You are expected to imitate him. Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And we realize that when Jesus came on earth, he had two categories of people. He wanted followers, but he attracted some group which we could describe as fans. But at a certain point in his life and ministry, he took a firm decision to let go of the fans. So in Matthew 14, verse 22, the Bible said, And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship, and to go before him onto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. The question is, why would Jesus send the multitudes away? He came to save everybody. He came and he said that of all that the Father has given me, none shall be lost. But at a point, he himself, by his own volition, asked the multitudes to depart from him. And the Greek word says he divorced the multitudes. Why will he divorce the multitudes? On the other hand, he divorced them. And then on the other stretch, we see that he forced the disciples. The Bible says straightway he constrained the disciples. Why will he constrain the disciples? There were certain attributes about them that made him constrain them or force them to do things they naturally would not have loved to do. And we've looked at a few of such attributes. Number one, we said that they are decisive. True followers are decisive. The Bible said Daniel purpose in his heart. He won't defile himself. That is a man who was decisive. And then again, we said, true followers are deep. They are not shallow in their commitment. The book of Psalm 42, verse 7, he said, deep call it unto the deep. Jesus called the 12 and he asked them to be with him. He wanted to have intimacy with them. In the book of Mark, chapter 4, verse 11, he says, unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom, 
but unto them which are without. All these things are done in parables. So when you are a deep follower, you have access to the secrets of the kingdom of God. And I pray that in your work with God, you graduate into a realm where you can be entrusted with the secrets of God in the name of Jesus. If you believe that, you can type in the comment box an amen. Today, we want to continue in that light and we are looking at the third D. The third thing we see about true followers is that true followers are doers. True followers are doers. When you read the book of James, James chapter 1 verse 22 to 25, the Bible says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. He says, for he observes himself and goes his way and immediately forgets what manner of man he is. But whosoever looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues therein, he not being a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. He said, this man shall be blessed in his deed. The word doer appears in this three or four verses of scripture three times. Be ye doers of the word. And then it goes on and on and on and on. Doing God's word is vital in our walk with him as Christians. True followers do whatever they are told to do. In fact, an integral part of the mandate to reach out to the global world or to reach out to the universe with the gospel is to train people to do. When you read the book of Matthew chapter 28 verse 19, where Jesus gave the great commission. The CEV version has it this way. He said, go to the people of all nations and make them my disciples. The word disciple also means follower. Baptize them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And teach them to do everything I have told you. Teach them to do everything I have told you. One of the genuine marks of a disciple. A disciple is not a talker. A disciple does not just profess faith. A disciple practices the faith. These are people who do not just have faith without works. They have enough works to back their faith. That is one of the marks of a true disciple. When you meet a true follower of God, you realize that by their deeds, you will know them. By their fruit, you know that these are true disciples or true followers of Christ. It's important that we appreciate that in all our doings, in all the things we say, coming to church is great. Belonging to various service units in church is great. But it's important that we don't just become professional Christians, but we live our lives as practicing Christians. Professional Christians are those who can sing our songs. They know all our cliches. But when it comes to the life of Christ, they are found wanting. I pray that in your work and in your profession of Christianity, you will not be found wanting in practicing and living out your faith. Why is it so important that as a true follower, you do the things you are told to do. Why must you be a doer as a true follower of Christ? Number one is that Jesus, our model, Jesus, our master and model was a doer. When you look at Jesus, a lot of people know Jesus as a great teacher. But before Jesus ever taught, the first thing Jesus did was to do is in the book of Luke chapter 6 verse 40. He says, a disciple is not above his master. But everyone who is perfectly trained shall be like his master. I like the rendition in the New Living Translation. The New Living Translation says, Students are not greater than their teacher, but the student who is fully trained will be like his teacher. My question to you tonight, are you like your teacher? Are you growing and becoming more and more like Christ? 
or you are becoming more and more like your natural father who did not know Christ, or you are becoming more and more like your colleagues at work, more and more like your classmates at school, who are you becoming more and more like? If you are a true follower of Christ, then your life must be becoming more and more, more and more, day after day, like the one you are following. You must understand that Jesus was acknowledged as a great teacher. And he was a great teacher because he was a great doer. Look at what the Bible says of him. In the book of Acts, Acts chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, he says, In my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and to teach. Take note. Everything Jesus began to do and to teach. Everything already, I'm sure you know that the book of Acts and the book of Luke were all written by the same author. That's why he said, in my first book, so when he talks about his first book, he was talking about the book of Luke. Acts is like Luke chapter 2 or a second volume of Luke. He says, when I wrote to you, I wanted you to know everything Jesus began to do and to teach. You must understand that when we talk but we don't do, we are not acting like Christ. Christ was not just a talker. He was a doer. When he spoke, he spoke with authority. Why? Because he practiced the things that he did. You can't teach about love with authority when you are not working in love. You can't teach about forgiveness with authority when you are not working in forgiveness. You can't teach about giving with authority when you are not a giver yourself. So, Practicing the things we do helps us to teach it and to live it out better. The second reason why we must be a doer is so that we don't become a hypocrite. Many people are hypocritical in their faith. In the book of Matthew chapter 23 verse 1 to 3, Jesus says something. He said, then Jesus spoke to the multitudes and to his disciples saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Therefore, whatever they tell you to observe, that observe and do but do not do according to their ways. For they say and do not do. For they say and do not do. Anyone who says and does not do is a hypocrite. The simplest definition of a hypocrite is someone who says one thing and does another thing. He says he loves God, but he's walking in disobedience. He says he loves people, but cannot forgive. He says he's humble, but he talks arrogantly. He says he has humility, but face to self. He says he loves God, but is not committed to church. That is someone who is a hypocrite. When you say you love God, your action must follow your confession. When you say you love people, your action must follow it. When you say you are a prayerful person, your action must show it. And that is critical. In the book of Titus chapter 1 verse 6, the Bible describes hypocrisy in another form. He says, they profess that they know God, but in works they deny him. When you meet a professional hypocrite, one of the things you see is that they don't leave their profession. They say one thing and do another thing. I pray that in your work and in your life as a Christian, you will say one thing and do another thing. When you say you are a man of peace, may you truly be a man of peace. When you say you are a peacemaker, may you truly be known as a peacemaker in the name of the Lord Jesus. Number three, the third reason why we need to be doers is so that we don't deceive ourselves. Most of the time, people work in self-deception without knowing. And I realize that people who are working in self-deception are most difficult to help. There are many people who can be helped. But when the person is working in self-deception, it's very difficult to help the person. Look at what the Bible says in James 1.22. It says, but be ye doers of the word and not the hearers only, deceiving your own selves. When you hear the word of God, but you decide to do your own way, 
You have heard enough about fornication, but you are not willing to let go of that young man or woman in your life who has proposed love to you, but is not yet married to you. And yet both of you are sleeping together and you are still in church. When you continue to live in that lifestyle, you are simply living in self-deception. Sometimes you think that you are deceiving the pastor. You think you are deceiving other Christian brothers because nobody sees, nobody has come to you with a revelation that we have seen you in a vision or in a dream sleeping together with such a person. So you think that you are outsmarting everybody, but no, the ultimate thing is that you are deceiving yourselves. The Bible said, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, the same he shall reap. The Bible says in the book of Galatians chapter 6 verse 3, it says, for if any man thinks himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. The moment you begin to walk in self-deception, you begin to think that you are something. People have a certain impression about you, but you know really you are not who such people think about you. The fourth reason why we must be doers and not just hearers as true disciples is because the blessing of God is the preserve of doers. The blessing of God is the preserve of doers. God's blessings are reserved for doers and doers alone. You go through all scripture. James 1 verse 22 to 25. He said, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any man be a hearer and not a doer, he is like a man who beholds his face in the glass. He beholds himself, goeth his way, and straightway he forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he not being a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, that man will be blessed in his deed. Again, we see that in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. He said, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. That thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. This book must not depart from your mouth. You must observe to do. You must observe to do. Again, we see that in the book of Psalms 1 and 2. He says, Blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor seated in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of his God, and in his law he meditates day and night. He said, He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. He shall bring forth his fruit in his season. Whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. So you see, in all of these scriptures, one thing is consistent. If you are going to see the fruit the word of God delivers, if you are going to get the blessing that the word of God promises, we have to put the word of God to work. And I mean putting the word to work in every area of our lives. Not selecting, not picking and choosing which one is convenient. When it's convenient, you go with the word. When it goes against your self-interest or your desires, you decide to go your own way. No, that way you will never see the glory of God in your life. And I pray that the grace to be a doer of the word of God at all times may that grace rest upon your life. If you believe that, go ahead and type in the comment box a big amen. Now, four things true followers do. I just want to walk you through four things true followers do. These four things are things you will see with every true follower. Number one, is that true followers do whatever they see their master do. If you are a true follower, you will study your master, you will know your master well, and watch him and do everything he does. That is one of the excellent marks of a true follower. A true follower does what he sees his master do. Look at what the Bible says in the book of John chapter 13, verse 12 to 15. This was at the time where Jesus was just getting ready to go to the cross, and he calls his disciples unto a feast. 
And before he did that, the Bible said, after washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked them, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example. Do as I have done to you. When you meet a true follower, it is not very difficult to tell. If you meet a true follower of Christ, you will see that their life is Christ-like. They seek to do what Christ did. If you meet someone who is a true follower, they will always like to do what the person they are following does. In the secular world, you see sometimes people who follow certain celebrities. You see them cut their hair after them. You see them dress like them. You see them do their mannerism, a lot of things. Sometimes in ministry, you see people who are following certain anointings, walking and talking in the same way, literally manifesting the same things. One of the true traits of a true follower is that a true follower does what he sees his master do. And there are some common examples that Jesus left for us. You and I are called to do what we saw Jesus do. As followers of Christ, what were some of the things that Jesus came and he did that we must look at and do? One of them is an example of soul winning. Jesus came as an active soul winner. The Bible talks of him in the book of Luke chapter 19 verse 10. He said, the son of man came to seek and to save that which was lost. If you are a true follower of Christ, do you actively reach out to souls? In your office, do you communicate to people about Christ? In your neighborhood, do people even know you at all that you are a Christian? And do you freely and openly and boldly share your faith with others? That is one of the marks of a true follower. As a true follower, you will do what your master did. And our master was a soul winner. He was a soul winner from the day he was born. He was a soul winner till the day he died. While on the cross, before he could take his last breath, he still saved a wretched sinner who was on the cross with him. Everywhere we go, men must know us as people who are wise because we are winning souls. The Bible says, he that winning souls is wise. You are wise because a soul winner is conscious about eternity. A soul winner is conscious about eternal rewards. A soul winner is not living his life just in the present year. A soul winner is committed to God, not just in this life, but in the life hereafter. Number two, Jesus gave us an example of giving and sacrifice. One of the examples that you need to learn to follow as a Christian is to learn to give and to sacrifice. Look at what the Bible says in the book of Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. The Bible said, Be ye therefore imitators of God as your children, and walk in love, even as Christ has loved us and has given himself. Take note. He's given himself. He didn't give his money. A lot of us sometimes struggle. In fact, we live in times where even some Christians struggle to give a tenth of their income to God as tithe. In this era where there are a lot of social media campaign and debate, people are not sure anymore whether they should do it or not. But listen, if you are a genuine follower of God, you don't have to debate about Titan. In fact, you are looking for ways and means to give more and more to God than tight. Titan is for babies. Titan is where we start. That is where the Old Testament people did. And if those of us who are under grace, we are contemplating whether we should give a 10%, it means we have not started at all. The Bible said, to whom much is given, much is required. Under the Old Testament, they were saved by animals' blood. Under the New Testament, with his own precious blood, he set us apart, he saved us. That's why we cannot be debating on Titan. We must go ahead and give God 100%, if that is what it takes to get a job done. Jesus did not come and give a part of his life. 
He didn't give us his head. He didn't give us his leg. He didn't give us a tenth of his life. He gave us the whole of his life. That's why you and I are saved today. And I pray that the grace to give and to give sacrificially will rest upon you. The Bible says, greater love had no man than this, that the man will lay down his life for his friends. Jesus came. He laid down his life for us. Who are you laying your life down for? Who is getting saved because you are ready to make a sacrifice? How is the kingdom of God being advanced because you are sacrificing to see it advance? We have a lot of people in church today who come to church and they do nothing. They are too busy with their secular engagement that they have no time at all to be engaged in kingdom matters. But I pray that you will not be one of such Christians and that the grace and the wisdom of God will find expression in your life that you will serve. You make time in spite of your tight schedules. I thank God for many people who, in spite of their tight schedules, many professionals in our church who are engaged, some ushers, all kinds of people. Those are people who are maturing and they are demonstrating that they are true followers. May you rise up to become one of such true followers. Again, Jesus left us an example of humility. He gave us an example of service and humility. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 20, verse 28, he said, the son of man came not to serve, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Are you a servant? Some of us feel too big to serve. We think that maybe because of our scholarship, because of our position in society, I can't be an usher. I can't be part of a choir. I can't be this. That's pride. That's what it's called pride. It is pure pride. You are nothing without God. The Bible says, what is it that you have that you did not receive? Without me, you can do nothing. Whatever you have been able to accomplish and it has entered your head and it's making you feel big, making you feel that you are above there, you are on top. And so everybody must bow to you and that you cannot bow down and serve in the house of God. It is called pride. Jesus didn't give us an example of pride. He gave us an example of humility. In the book of Philippians chapter 2 verse 5 to 11, look at what the Bible says. It said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, taught it no robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon himself the form of a man and being found in fashion as a man. The Bible says he humbled himself. So when Jesus humbled himself, he was not God. He was man, pure man, flesh and blood was flowing through him just like any man. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death on the cross. Nobody begged Jesus to serve. The Bible says he took upon himself the form of a servant. There are people in church, they say, oh, if pastor will ask me to do something, I will do it. If pastor only asks me, listen, if you are going to wait for your pastor to assign you, you may never be assigned. Rise up. Look in the church. The thing you can do, look in the various service units. Whatever you can do and you can do well and volunteer your service and go ahead and offer it. That way, God will reward you. Don't do your service so people will see you. That way you have no reward. Whatever you do in order to win public admiration, win your pastor's admiration, win the church's admiration, will not bring you rewards. It is that which you do in the secret of your heart just to see the kingdom of God advance, just to bless the kingdom of God. Those are the things that will bring you eternal rewards. Jesus also left us an example of suffering for righteousness. This is a generation we want the best from God, but we don't want to suffer for anything. The Bible says in 1 Peter 2, verse 21, For even hereunto were you also called, before Christ has suffered for us, leaving an example that we should follow in his steps. Are you ready to suffer for your faith? If you have to lose your job because 
you took a decision to honor God by not forging documents or committing some kind of a bribery or something. Are you willing for it? Or you just flow with the crowd just to make money? I mean, after all, man shall leave. After all, I'll come to God and ask for forgiveness. No. The Bible says, Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you for righteousness sake. Rejoice, for great is your reward in heaven. There are things we do, we don't get rewards for them on earth. But in eternity, great rewards await us. And as a true follower of Christ, you must not just be doing things just to gain early rewards. Early rewards are great, and God rewards us on earth. But much more, eternal rewards are better because that is where you are spending the rest of your life. And I pray that in eternity, you will gain rewards there in the name of the Lord Jesus. So these are things that true followers do. True followers do what they see their master do. If you are a follower, you have to do what you see your master do. If you are a follower of me, for instance, as a church, you watch me, I come to church early. So as a follower of me, I don't expect you to be late for meetings. When you are coming to church, you come early. That's what a true follower does. And number two, true followers do whatever their master teaches them to do. True followers don't just look at their master and watch him to do things for them to do. They also put to work whatever they are taught by their master to do. That's what we are told in the book of Matthew chapter 28 verse 19 to 20. Go to the people of all nations and make them my disciples. Baptize them and teach them to do everything. The CV version says, teach them to do everything I have taught you. When we come to church, we are taught. When we go into the world, we are expected to do what we were taught. If every Christian, and I know a lot of Bible-believing church in this city and Bible-believing churches around, sometimes people are like, oh, if the, uh, the whole world is full, if you have a lot of people in Ghana as Christians, if the world is full of so many Christians and yet sin is not going away, and yet we are not able to overcome sin, and yet there's corruption everywhere, and most of the time people like to blame it on the church. And sometimes you have a few churches that are flowing, but I believe that most churches are doing the right thing. There are a few problems with a few puppets, but most puppets around the world, I believe, are doing the right thing. But the pew, we hear, but we go back and do their own things. People come to church, they are taught that purity honors God, but they go into the world and they conform to the world. And I pray that you will not be that hypocritical Christian who hears one thing and practices another thing in the name of the Lord Jesus. True followers do whatever their master teaches them to do. Number three, true followers do greater works than their masters do. True followers. Look at what Jesus said, John 14, 12. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto you that believeth on me, the works I do shall he do. So they do what their master did, and greater works than they shall they do. One of the reasons why a true follower is empowered, particularly in the natural, to do greater works is because as a true follower, you get to learn. Of course, in Christ, there are no mistakes. There's no mistake in Christ. He's a perfect model. In fact, following him and following him well is what makes you perfect. But if you have a natural follower and then a natural model and you look at him and you study him well, you will see that even his mistakes will be teaching you. Sometimes when we see the limitations and the weaknesses of people, or rather mock them and look down upon them. But I believe that all of such are instructions. The good, if you are following a leader, his good side are instructions. His bad side are also instructions. 
His good sides tells you good things to do as a leader. His bad sides are also instructions telling you bad things not to do as a leader. True follower becomes better because you learn from the good of others and then you avoid their mistakes. And by so doing, you limit your own mistakes as well. Sir Isaac Newton said, if I have seen far, it's by standing on the shoulders of those who have gone far. I pray that God will help you to see very far. And finally tonight, true followers do whatever brings glory to their master. That's one of the things true followers do. True followers, they do whatever brings glory to their master and their Lord. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 31, he says, therefore, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Whatever you do. True followers do everything to bring glory to God. They don't do what they like. They don't do what necessarily they enjoy. Sometimes they do things and they don't feel like doing it. But as long as it's bringing glory to their master, true followers will go all out to do it. One of the things we are told in scripture brings glory to God is that we bear much fruit. When we win souls, God is glorified. The Bible said, by this my father is glorified, that you bear much fruit. Again, when our light shines before men and they see our good works, men glorify God. So as a true follower, you have a responsibility to let your light so shine everywhere you go that men will see your good works and glorify God. It's my prayer that you will not just be a talker follower, but you'll be a doer follower. That's one of the most important attributes of true followers. True followers are not hearers only. True followers are not talkers only. True followers are doers. Receive grace to be a doer. Receive grace to practice your faith. Receive grace not to just be a professing Christian, but a practicing Christian. In the name of the Lord Jesus. And may multitudes follow you to come worship God. Because by your life, they will see what it means to be a true follower of Christ. Bow down your head wherever you are this time. Maybe you tune into the broadcast, you are not born again, and you want to say, Pastor, I want to become a follower. We said earlier that the first step to becoming a true follower of Christ is to give your life to the Lord. You want to pray this simple prayer of faith with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for tonight, for your word has come unto me. Admit I'm a sinner, and I confess you. You are my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart you died for me, and I confess with my mouth, you are my savior. Thank you for saving me and making me your own. I honor you and I bless you today in Jesus' matchless name. Thank you for saving me. Amen. If you pray that prayer in faith, I want you to know without any shadow of doubt, you are saved. You are a brand new creature. You are now a child of God. Eternal life is in your spirit. The Holy Spirit has taken residence in you. We want to hear from you and to help you to walk the decision you have just made. Send us a mail. Send us a WhatsApp through our various media platforms you see on the screen, and then we can help you as you develop and grow in your faith with God. Pastor Afraqua has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. To get a copy of this message and other messages, as well as books by Pastor Afraqua, please call 540 or email us at faithhousechapel at yahoo.com get interactive with pastor afuakwa on facebook twitter and instagram you can also visit our website www.faithhousechapel.com for any other information fellowship with us this and every sunday for our celebration services 7 a.m first service 
8.30 a.m. second service and 10 a.m. our third service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service at 6 p.m. at our church auditorium on the top floor of Nanama Ejekumar Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station Santa Runabout, Kumasi. God richly bless you.